Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you could turn to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, it's one of my favorite scriptures, one of my favorite uh, couple verses in the Bible. And uh, I want you to know, tying in with that, that this, this verse, when I read it, you'll understand what I'm saying. But this is not for just young people. This is not for, uh, this is not an 18 and under message. This is for everybody. It's not an age message. It's a calling message. And so I just want to share, and, and, and we get in verse 11, and they'll have it on the screens for you. And it says this. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. He says, get the word out. Teach all these things. Don't let anyone put you down because you're young. So like I said before, this is not because like, oh my gosh, I'm not young, so I can't listen to this message. It's not for me. That's not what this is saying. Scholars believe that Timothy was actually almost 40 years old when Paul was writing this. But he was stepping into a new, a new state in his life. And he was encouraging Timothy, hey, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young or inexperienced. Teach believers with your life by word, by demeanor, by love, by faith, by integrity. Stay at your post reading scripture, giving counsel and teaching. And that special gift of ministry you were given when the leaders of the church laid hands on you and prayed. Keep that dusted off and in use. Cultivate these things, immerse yourself in them. The people will all see you mature right before their eyes. Keep a firm grasp on both your character and your teaching. Don't be diverted, just keep at it. Both you and those who hear you will experience salvation. I love these verses. I love them. I pray that you would just highlight this thing, keep it in your heart. You can have it to look back at always. And uh, the title of my message, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, uh, is Born for More. Born for More. And I, I, really, I really feel like preaching this thing. I, you know, I, I shared a little bit of this at camp, uh, our youth camp, not too long ago. But like I said before, I believe this is not just for young people, but this is for people who may not know what their purpose is or may have felt a call in their life, but they're running away from it. Or may have felt God wanted to use them, but they feel inexperienced or they feel, uh, they don't feel qualified to accept it. This message is for us. So we're going to pray and we're going to get right into it. Lord Jesus, I just pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would move, that you would impact lives today, Father. I pray that if there anybody in here today that does not yet know you, they would, they would feel your presence, God. And they would make a decision to accept you into their hearts. I pray for anybody here that may be running away from their calling, their purpose. Who may they, God, I pray for anybody here who may not feel like they have a purpose, that tonight they will leave here knowing that you have a great plan for them, a mighty plan for their life, that nothing could get in the way. All they have to do is accept and put their hand to the plow. Lord, we love you. We believe that you're going to do something mighty here today. Amen. We pray. Amen. 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 So uh, I don't know about you, but there's a cool little website called YouTube. And uh, I was on YouTube the other day, and I was watching some teachings. I was watching some sermons because I'm super spiritual and I'm really, you know, awesome, you know what I'm saying? But no, I'm just kidding. That's not what I was doing. I was watching some movie trailers because I'm a huge nerd. And I was watching uh, a trailer for Spider-Man. And uh, when you go on the YouTube videos, there's sometimes you'll see little advertisement links. And I saw an advertising link that I had to click. It, it just, the title grabbed my attention. And it was this. It was everyday things you never knew had a purpose. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to click this. I bet you there's so many life hacks. I bet you there's so many shortcuts to life in this video. And when I did that, I looked at the video, and I got some screenshots of my favorite things. And you're going to be like, okay, I can't believe that, like, this even exists. Because you look at some of these things, and you're like, why, is this even, why was this even made? Why was this even manufactured? What is the purpose of this inanimate object? What is it here for? And the first one, it looks like something ordinary, but it actually has a greater purpose. And if, if we could put the first one up, media team, 
it was this right here. I know, very revolutionary, a pen. It was a pen, but as you can see, the arrow, I don't know, if, have you guys seen these pens before? The hole, and I was like, okay, what is this? Is this for the pen to get oxygen? The pen is like not a living thing. What is that even for? What is the purpose of this? And believe it or not, the reason they put that hole there was because if a child or an adult, crazy, would chew on it and swallow it, they wouldn't choke on it. They wouldn't suffocate on it. That air would be able to get through the passageway of the hole and still be, come out of your lungs. Blew my mind. If you came here to have like really interesting facts, you came to the right service. This is amazing. Like this is, this is I, I'm telling you, I saw these things. I was like, what? Like what is happening? So that's what that's for. Something that's so inanimate, you're like, what is the purpose of this? Just to write? No, there's actually, a, there's, there's a bigger purpose. And the second one is this. How many have been on an airplane and you've seen that little hole right there on the window? Okay, when I was a little kid, I saw that. And I'm like, okay, look. I've never flown before, but this doesn't look right. I don't know if we go in the air. Are we going to suffocate? Is my head going to explode from all the pressure? I was freaking out. I was like, someone had one job, and this, my window has one hole, and air is going to get in, and pressure is going to get in. started freaking out, and then I, I saw this. And what it, actually that hole is for, it's for two things. It's one, it's to balance pressure when you're in high altitudes because there's two windows, and it balances the pressure so it doesn't break, it doesn't crack. Second, it's for the window, it's for the window not to fog up. So it could stay clear, it could say you could have a nice little view. So something so little has such a big purpose. And you're like, what? Like, I didn't even know. This is just an ordinary thing. But then you realize, like, it has a greater purpose. And then now this, this last one, I want to I build up to this one. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not really the biggest chef. Like, I'm not the best cook. But I've seen my mom, I've seen my stepdad, and they use pots and pans. And the little pot that uses for, for, they use for, um, to boil up a... Uh, uh, pasta. Look, I don't even know how to do the instructions. And to boil up pasta, the, the handle has a little hole in it, right? I was like, what is this for? Is that like a design thing? Is it something just to like add looks, to be edgy, to like, I don't really know what it's for. And then I saw this picture, and my, my, my life will never be the same after I saw this picture. If you could post it on media. I was like, I had no idea that's what that was for. I was like, I can die happy and go to heaven. I'm like, my life is complete. It's over. Amazing, yeah. So head on when you cook, you just put, yeah. That's it, you just, that's it. That's all you have to do. How many of you knew that was what that was for? You knew that already? Gosh, you guys are smart. I, I was like, I had no idea what that was for. But again, I mean, the only thing I really cook is, is Lunchables. And uh, so yeah, I'm done. Uh, JP, altar call, we're, we're ready to go? Okay, okay. And as I was thinking about this video, everyday things that you never knew had a purpose, my mind went from things and it started getting to people. And I started to think, how many people never knew they had a purpose? How many people are walking this earth right now, are walking around Miami, not knowing that they have a greater purpose in life? People in life asking themselves the question, why was I born? Why was I even put on this earth for this time for the, in Miami? Why was I born here? Why wasn't I born here? Why was I born to these parents? Why, why, why? Remember, you're asking those questions, and you're thinking like, I feel incomplete. I don't know the answer to these questions, and something's missing in my life. I tried this, I tried that, but nothing has filled this gap in my, in my life. You see, that something that's missing is God. You see, in life, you have to understand, we were created to worship God. We were created to serve God. Our bodies are a temple that is supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's supposed to be filled. It's vacant for one spot and one spot only, and that is Jesus. And so in life, if you're going to be walking around and, you, and you're trying to answer life's questions, and you're trying to look for answers in the wrong place, and you're trying to look for purpose in the wrong place, and you're trying to look for satisfaction and gratitude in all the wrong places, you're going to find yourself coming up short every time and feeling empty. You may feel pleasure for a moment, but you always feel empty for eternity. You have to understand God is the only thing that can fill that void. And what I want to tell you, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what your 
your, your birth, the circumstances of your birth were or what your upbringing was like, but it does not change the fact of this simple truth, that before God created the earth, he knew you. Before he created the earth, he formed you. Before he created the earth, he destined you. Before he created the earth and thought of the stars, he gave you a purpose. If you look at Jeremiah 1.5, it says this. I love this verse. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. You were born on purpose for a purpose. You were born to bring the cause of Jesus Christ to life in this city, to build the church, to help those that are broken, to help those that are lost. You need to give life to those who are dead. You need to help those that are poor. That is your purpose in life. If you're here and you're like, well, Phil, I, 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 I kind of have a purpose. You know, I'm, I'm a dentist. I do good. My practice is great. I'm not saying that, that, that's, that, that could be your specific purpose in life. But overall, the thing that is going to give you drive, the thing that's going to keep you going in life is when you walk according to God's will for your life. You have to understand the Great Commission. If you don't know what the Great Commission is, is before Jesus left, he gave us a mandate. He gave us a mission. And it was our choice whether to accept it or not, to accept the challenge. And he told us, I want you to go out baptizing people of all nations, making disciples to ends of the earth, to, to, for everywhere, to go out. It wasn't a, hey, I want you to just accept me and just stay in one spot. I want you to go out and preach the good news. I want you to go after the people that are lost and broken. I want you to build up my church because my church is going to make this city better. That is what our purpose is. And if you're not walking in that purpose, you'll never feel satisfied. You have to understand you were made on purpose for a purpose. And, and maybe you're in here and you're like, well, well Phil, you don't, you don't know my life. You don't know my story. You don't know my past. I have too many failures in my life. I've made too many mistakes. The, 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 the choices in my life that I've made I feel like I'm stuck in one spot because I feel like these choices, I can't move, I can't move on from them. This is my life. And you accept just the day-to-day. You accept just being on this earth and just living day by day, day by day, and not knowing that you were born for more. You have to understand, with, with God, there's a because factor in your life. And you're like, well, what is the because factor? It's because you were born because God has a plan for your life. You were born not to just walk this earth and live in the mundane, everyday, normal life. I believe that living a normal life is actually living a lifeless life. If, if we're just going to be satisfied with just having the wife, the white picket fence, the kids, the dogs, the five kittens, you know, like, like that's not, those aren't bad things, but that's not our purpose in life. It's like if, 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 if we had those things, we might as well just go to heaven and call it a day. We were called for more. We were born for more. Our purpose is more than just day by day. We are called to save the world. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Let me remind you of your purpose. And your purpose is not to keep it to yourself. We are called to go out and change the world. And maybe you feel like, I can't do it. I'm unqualified. I, I, I can't. I, there's no way. Phil, you don't know my life. I don't know how to speak. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. And you can make a pile of excuses. And what you're doing is, is you're holding yourself back from God unleashing your destiny in your life. And tonight, or today, I just want to tell you, like, once you understand that you were born for more, your life will never be the same. When you, when you wake up, now you're going to be like, you know what, I'm born for more. God loves me. God has a plan for me. I need to get out of my bed, and I need to get to work. I need to get out of my bed. I don't care if I'm a dentist. I don't care if I'm a doctor. I don't care if I do taxes. I don't care if I'm a, a veterinarian, whatever it may be. God turns the normal, or no, excuse me, he turns the ordinary into extraordinary. But that, one, that starts when you understand that you were born for more. And you have to understand, this is not something that we, that like, it's, it's, it's only a certain people that feel this, but we all feel like this because we're human. Matter of fact, Timothy, in this story, it's, it's Paul to Timothy. 
Timothy is his, his understudy. It's his, his pupil, his, 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 his student. And you see, Timothy is just experiences born from more moment. Timothy went from being just a, a, you know, someone that served at the church. Now he's stemming up to be the lead pastor of the church. You see, Paul, he was on a mission trip. He was spreading the gospel in Asia. And he knew he wasn't going back to the church of Ephesus, which he planted, which he was pastoring at the time. And he goes, God has called me to tell you, Timothy, that you're up. It's your time to step up. You were born for this. You were purposed for this. You have more in you than you think. It's time for you to go out in your calling, in your purpose, and own it. And you can imagine Timothy, he, he goes from just, you know, maybe he was an usher, maybe, we don't know, but to go from such one place to, to, to being the lead pastor, all the responsibility, all the pressure is on him. Going from, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for this. And you can imagine Paul like, hey, Timothy, you, you got this. You can handle this. And that's what God is telling us. You can handle this. You have more strength than you know. You have more courage than you know. Keep fighting, keep walking, keep running, whatever it takes, whatever pace, but keep going forward. You see, Timothy, he was scared out of his mind. And Paul wrote him the most encouraging letter. And he gave him three words of advice. And these three words, I believe, can, if we get them in our, in our hearts and we get them in our lives and we apply them, will change our lives. He gave him three words. He gave him teach, stay, focus. To teach, to stay, and to focus. And the first one is teach. You have to understand that when you're called, when you're born for more, you don't, you don't just live an ordinary life. You don't just live the normal day-by-day -day lifestyle. You're actually called to be a leader. And you're like, Phil, me be a leader? Okay, now you're pushing it, dude. This is, okay, I'm born for more. I get it. Awesome. It's like, no, no, no. You're called to be a leader. But I think so many times we get confused with actually, what, what does a, a leader mean? Does it mean I have a lot of followers? Is it, does it mean that I have like the most followers on Instagram? Do the people in my workplace like me? All these different things. Actually, a leader, leadership is not about who follows you. It's about the heart you have for the ones that do follow you. It's not the number of people that follow you. It could be two or three. But do you have a heart for those two or three to influence them, to, to love on them, to teach them, to be an example in their life, to show them things opposite of what the culture wants to tell us? That's what he's telling Timothy. Hey, Timothy, you're, you're the lead pastor now. You have to teach people not by preaching but by living. What is your life going to look like? And look at what he tells them right here in, in, verse, in, the, in, the, in the verse. He tells them, teach believers with your life by word, meaning by what you say, by demeanor, how you live, how you act, by love, how you love people, by faith, what, what do you put your faith in? Do you put your faith in things that matter? By integrity, do you have a life of integrity? Notice, these are qualities of a leader. And these, what you didn't see was that a leader is someone who is well-liked in the workplace, someone who has the best car, the nicest car, someone who's the funniest in their family among their friends, who, who's the smartest in their class, that's not what leadership is. Leadership is not that. Leadership, that, that, that stuff, just, it, 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 it's just fluff compared to what the heart of a leader is. Timothy, what Paul's telling Timothy is, hey, hey I don't need you to be smart. I don't need you to be funny, cool, hip, all that stuff. I just need you to, to take this calling, take it seriously, and be an example to believers. Don't waste your time trying to, try, he tells them, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. Meaning it doesn't matter how old you are. Let people talk what they want to talk. I called you for something greater. Don't worry about the haters. Don't worry about the naysayers. I have something for your life. All I want you to do is to be an example of what a leader looks like. What does it look like to be born for more? What does it look like to live for more, to lead from more? What does it really look like when you have Jesus in your heart to, get, to go after all he has for you? And that's what he's saying. He's not saying you need all these extra things. He's saying, how do you, how do you talk to people? How do you talk to your parents? 
How do you talk to your friends? How do you live? Do you say one thing and do something behind their back the other, another time? How do you live? Do you live with integrity? Are you an honest person? Are you a trustful person? He tells them, love. Leaders love. Do you love people? Do you love your enemies? Do you love people that bother you? It's hard, but a leader does the things that are hard. Do you have integrity? What is your faith in? You have to understand, like, when you're called to be born for more, when you're called for the purpose of the gospel, your character has to match your calling. Meaning, you're called for something greater doesn't mean your character gets less. Doesn't mean your character goes down the drain. Doesn't mean you act a fool. Doesn't mean you just do whatever you want while you're on earth. Because you're, you're born for something greater. And too many times I feel like people, they, they can hear something like this and for a moment they can get energized and pumped, but then they go back outside these four walls or they go back to their workplace, they go back to their friend group and, and like, yeah, I'm bored for more, but I'd just rather do this. This is more fun. This is, this is better. And what you end up doing is missing on the most important calling over your life. God wants to use you to change the world. Like, I believe that. Like, we don't say things from this platform and just like it's, like it's just cool things to say. I believe God can use every single one in here to change the world, to change Miami, to change this city, to be a light in a dark place. But we have to do the hard things. You have to understand that the, the way you live in private will determine how you lead in public. So, for example, if, if you're all about being born for more, but in private it's like, yeah, born for more, that's cool, whatever, I'm just going to go do this, I'm going to go to the club, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It's like, no, that's not how it works. Not to say that life is, t life is tough and there's going to be temptations, there's going to be things that are going to try to get you off track from what God has for your life. But you have to understand what's at stake. Your leadership, your life, your purpose, your potential is at stake. And when we go home to our, in, in our private when no one's looking, how do we act? Do we, kill, do, we, do, do we still have the same principles as we do when there's other people around? My dad told me this, and I'll never forget it. He said, champions are made when no one's looking. Champions are, anybody can work out when the coaches are around. Anybody can pull up three plates and start lifting. Is a coach watching? Is a coach watching? But are you going to put in that extra set? Are you going to put in that extra rep when no one's watching? Are you going to be the first one in the gym, the last one out? Your calling is going is to take all of you. But it's always going to be worth it. It's always going to be amazing. You're going to have peace. You're going to have joy. You're going to be knowing that this is my purpose. This is my calling. I don't feel empty anymore. I feel full of joy. I feel full of life. We have to teach people with our lives how we talk, how we act. Second thing he tells them is stay. He tells them, Timothy, stay at your post, reading scripture, giving counsel, and teaching. Now you have to understand this, this stay, what he's not saying is stay put like you would tell your dog if your dog starts running at you. It's like stay put, don't move. It's not a still staying. It's an active staying. And say, hey, look, Timothy, you're, you're stepping into this new role. You were born for more. You, your purpose is being told to you right now. You, you're being a lead pastor. You have to stay at your post. You have, to, you have to stand guard. You have to make sure that the things that got you into this position aren't the things that you forget about. Stay at your post reading scripture, reading your word, reading your Bible, giving counsel, helping other people, being there for other people, praying for people, talking about Jesus with other people, and then teaching. I think so many times in life, though, we all gone through this. We meet this fork in the road, and we have a choice whether we stay or we go. We stay in the path that God has called for us. We stay in the purpose that God has called for us, 
or we go another route and choose another direction and we just take the exit out. You have to understand, you have to, cho- you have to make a choice. Are you going to stay in the fight? Are you going to stay in your purpose? No matter how hard it gets, or are you going to give up and quit and just go for something that will never satisfy you, never please you? You know, I had one of those moments in my life. I was a sophomore in college and, I, you know, I used to play college football and I know I haven't lifted a weight in like three years and I look like a SpaghettiO, but it doesn't matter. What matters is I used to play football, all right? Don't judge me. And uh, there was a time in my, in my sophomore year where I had a really, I had a, I had a season-ending injury. I tore my labrum in my shoulder and I was out for nine months. Couldn't play, had to, couldn't practice, had to watch my team play games. I had to stay home while the bus went away to the games. I had to stay home in my dorm eating ramen noodles, <laughs> depressed. <laughs> and when I got home to do my surgery, I had to get my surgery done. And the surgery was, was, it, was a, it was a big time surgery and they gave me a nerve block on my arm. And once the nerve block goes, you, they tell you, once you start feeling your fingers, take some pills so the pain doesn't, doesn't get bad. I woke up in the middle of the night screaming from the surgery. I had to spend Thanksgiving in a hospital I couldn't play with my friends. I couldn't play with my teammates. I couldn't practice. I was getting surgery. I'm here eating hospital food on Thanksgiving. It's the worst. And I just was like, I'm not going back to school. I'm, I'm not going to go back to college. I'll just stay down here. I'll go to a date. I'll, I'll, I'll just finish up here. Nothing wrong with that. But I look back on my life now, and I think of the moment, if I would have made that decision to quit and give up all the things I would have missed out in life, you have to understand, because I did not quit because, and this is not saying, oh my God, Phil, you're so cool, you're so, no, I'm not saying this. This was a real thing. I was deeply depressed, and I really thought about quitting. You can ask my mom, my dad. I was like, man, I'm going to give up. I've been playing football since I was eight years old, and I was about to give up. I was about to throw in the towel. But because I didn't, because I said, you know what? God has called me to play football. He's given me an opportunity to get a scholarship to play football, free schooling. I'm not going to ruin this opportunity. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get back. I'm going to do rehab. I'm going to get back strong. I'm going to get back on that field. And what ended up happening is I actually was stronger than I was before the surgery. I had an amazing season. And then I stayed in school, graduated, did all I had to do. But if I would have quit, I would have, none of that would have happened. What is God calling you to do? What is he telling you to stay in the fight in? That you feel like, I just can't. This is too hard, God. I think of another example. I, could have th- I, I think of another person that could have quit. Jesus could have quit. Jesus was getting beaten and tortured for crimes he didn't commit. He was getting whipped. He was getting made fun of, spat at for us. He got his hands nailed to the cross, his feet nailed to the cross. They gave him a crown of thorns, pressed it against his head. People laughing at him, mocking at him. And Jesus on that cross, he could have, not even on the cross, throughout the, the, the torture, he could have he called the angels to come down and wipe the whole earth out and just start all over. He could have been like, God, I can't do this. Let's just get the angels. Let's wrap this up. Let's do it over again. We'll, we'll figure it out. All that stuff. He could have because he was God in flesh. He had the power. And when he was on that cross, the words that didn't come out of his mouth were, God, I can't do this. I, I quit. I'm done. Let's start over. Actually, what he said was, it is finished. And I'm here to tell you that because that spirit is living inside of you, you're not a quitter. You're actually a finisher. You're not a quitter. You're a finisher. So if you feel like quitting on your dreams, you keep on finishing. You keep on fighting. If you feel like quitting on your marriage, you keep on finishing. You keep on fighting. If you feel like quitting on your family, you keep on fighting. No matter how hard it gets, you have the God of the universe on your side. You're not a quitter. That's not your spirit. You finish things. 
You're not a quitter. You're a finisher. Don't quit on the call God has for you. Young person, adult, older person, whoever it may be. God can use you right where you're at with mistakes, your flaws, whatever it may be. But are you willing to be open? Are you willing to be teachable? You're not a quitter. You're a finisher because you serve a God that finished everything for you. Last thing he said was focus. It was teach, stay, and focus. Actually, one more thing. On that note, I don't want to miss this. Timothy, Paul was telling Timothy, hey, stay at your post reading this. Don't give up. Don't quit. But he also told Nate, hey, don't forget when we laid hands on you at the church and we told you that you, you're gifted. And you're probably saying, okay, Timothy, he, he, they laid, no one's ever laid hands on me, prayed for me. And this. I don't really have a gift, but I want to share a verse from, uh, well, that's not from my teaching. From, uh, it's from 1 Peter. <laughs> from 1 Peter. And they should have it up on the screen. There it is. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Each and every single one of you has a gift from God. Every single person has a gift. You may not know what that gift is. That's where you ask God and ask him, God, what is my gift? What am I good at? What is my purpose? What is my specific will for my life? And you start to ask him, what is my gift? What, is it to sing? Is it to preach and teach? Is it to encourage? Is it to prophesy? What is your gift? You have to understand when you're a leader and when you're born for more, you're given gifts to do more. Meaning, gifts, they're not for just us. They're actually to serve others. The gifts that you have, yes, they're great, yes, they're awesome, and we need to use them, we need to put them in practice and exercise them, but they're not for us. It's for, it's for the greater good. It's to build up the church. It's to, it's to edify people. It's to, to encourage people. It's to give glory to God. That's what our gifts are for. They're given by God to give them back in praise and glory to him. But I wonder how many of us are not using our gifts, and instead of using them, we're actually burying our gifts. God has given you a gift. He's given you a word. Maybe you've been prophesied over. Maybe someone has encouraged you, hey, there's a gift over your life. There's a calling over your life. But instead of using it and putting it into practice, you just say, you know what, God, I'm going to put this in the dirt. And I'm going to use it for the time that, that maybe another time. Look at what Galatians 6, 9 says this. It says this. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Your harvest is waiting for you. But you got to take your gift from the ground. Your gift is ready to be used. Your, your God is ready to use you to do some mighty things in, in your workplace, in your schools, in your family, in your, fr your group of friends. You have a gift to change the world. You have a gift from heaven. But are you using it or are you just bearing it? And last but not least, he tells them, teach, stay. Then he tells them to focus. He tells them to focus. He goes, Timothy, this part of your life, this calling, when you're born for more, Everything in this world is going to try to do everything it can to get you off track. Everything in this world, we talked about in our fight series, that we have a real enemy. The devil, he does not want us to understand that we have a gift. He does not want us to understand we're born for more. He, does not want under, he, want us, he doesn't want us to understand that we are called for a purpose. What he wants to do is, is, is to know all that and not do anything with it. And that's why he's saying, focus, Timothy, focus. Stay on the grind. Stay, stay looking forward towards me. Don't, don't get distracted. He tells them, don't be diverted. I love that. Don't be diverted. When you're born for more, everything is going to want to get your attention. Everything is going to want to drive you away from the purpose God has called for you. Everything is going to want to take you away from your actual purpose in life. And 
is it one of those things where because we don't know our purpose or we don't understand it fully, that it's so easy for us to just give attention to those things that distract us. You know, I think of, I think of racehorses. You see, racehorses, their eyes are, are specific and they have extreme peripheral vision. Horses can see what's in front of them, on the side of them, and what's behind them. And the thing about this, the peripheral vision is so powerful that when they race, if they don't have a certain equipment, they can go off track. They can go into the crowd, they can hurt other horses, they can hurt their jockey, because they have so much vision for everything around them. They have so much opportunity, they have so much distractions. They look at everything. They look at what's on the side of them, what's behind them, and anything can just grab their attention and get them off track. Can you imagine a racehorse without blinders? Can you imagine living your life without spiritual blinders? I think of racehorses and their main focus is to win the race, to go forward in life. But they can't go forward if they don't know, if they don't have blinders, they don't have anything guarding things that they're not supposed to see and do and go. And in your life, what do you need to put spiritual blinders in your life on? God has called you to a purpose bigger, than, greater than yourself. He's called you to change the world. He's called you to change Miami. But what are there some things in your life that are calling, calling you to go the other direction, to divert from God's plan for your life? What do you need to put blinders on today for you to go after all called, uh, had for you? You have to understand, once we have our blinders on, once we have our focus solely on what God has for us and our purpose and our plan, and we know what direction God is, he's forward always. Yes, God works in our past, but he doesn't stay in the past. Yes, he's working in our present, but he always has more for us in the future. And if we don't have blinders on in our life, we'll never go forward to everything God has for us because we're so busy looking to the left, looking to the right, behind us, all over the place. And we miss out on our purpose in life. Don't be a person that never knew that they had a purpose. Blind yourself to the things that are in the way of God called you to. Timothy. Teach, stay, focus. Don't lose track of your calling. Don't lose track of your gifting. Because people are going to see you mature, Timothy. People are going to see you mature. People are going to see you grow, Timothy. And everybody that knows you and doesn't know you is going to be blessed by you. That's what the scripture tells us. Paul's telling Timothy, hey, when you do these things, your life is going to change. You're not going to be the same person. You're going to be a better version of yourself. And people are going to take notice, and people are going to want what you have. And you're always going to tell them, it's not me, it's always Jesus. When your life gets elevated, it's only to elevate even more to Jesus. You know that, this, I saw this the other day, and this question challenged my life completely. Do you know that you could have a saved soul, but a wasted life? You could have a saved soul. What a wasted life. You could be on this earth and you, can, you could have accepted the, 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 the salvation of Jesus into your heart and acceptance into your life. But if you stop there, are you actually living? Are you actually living? You know, you know that saying, there's actually people that are alive, but they're not actually living? It's the same thing. Are we actually alive? Are we actually working and living in the spirit and doing everything God's called us to? Or are we just satisfied with just being saved? Like I'm saved, I'm good, I'm straight. I don't need to do anything else. Or saying, you know, I got saved for a purpose. 
I got saved for a plan. I got saved to be used by God. I didn't just get saved to be saved. I got, I got saved to save other people because saved people saved other people. Saved people get used to be saved by other people. Don't live your life just satisfied with just being in this bubble of comfort and normal. Normal is boring. God called you to step out and be different. To use the gifts he's called on your life. To not like be like the culture and what the world is today. Not to say with some of the things in the world and the culture is great. I love the culture. I love fashion and music and art and all that stuff. But I'll be wasting my life if I'm chasing after those things and not the things of God. I just wonder, church, if we're satisfied with just being here, just coming to church on Sunday and being saved and worshiping in our salvation. But we haven't even talked to anybody about Jesus. We haven't even started a connect group. We haven't even done growth track. Your life was called for more. Don't get satisfied with just being saved and living day by day, doing the same things over and over because that's not the life God called you to. He called you to change the world, to be a light into this city, to be a leader. Every single one of you is a leader. Don't waste your life on the things that don't matter. Don't waste your life on the things that aren't going to, they're not going to be with you in heaven. Because one day we are going to go to heaven. And the things that we worship down here are not going to stay, are going to stay down there. What is your focus on today? Are you teaching people with your life? Are you staying in the fight? And are you focused on your purpose and everything God has for you in life? believe as a church and if we can get this idea of like being born for more not just being born for the mundane and the day by day I believe we're gonna see revival even more in this city but it's not gonna start with with Pastor Alex or Pastor JP it's gonna start with every single one in this room the Great Commission is our mission it's for us it's for us to go out into the city and to be a light to make to baptize people in, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to, to make disciples, to bring people close on the journey with us. Are you ready to accept the call or are you just going to keep on living, guessing of all the things God could have done in your life? Are you ready to open the door for the best decision of your life is to let Jesus into your life and to walk in everything he's called you to walk to? Like I said, we have a choice every day to stay in the fight or to just go in another direction, just forget it all together but I believe if you walk in line with God's word and you walk in the purpose that Jesus has given you it's the best thing you can ever do for your entire life nothing else will satisfy you nothing else will give you pleasure like this knowing that I was born for something greater than myself and I get to help other people I get to pray for other people I get to help those that are in need I get to use my gifts time for us to start doing that and stop wasting our life on things that don't matter. Everybody can bow their heads and close their eyes. I'll finish up with this. This is a moment we do for privacy and just to give, it, just to give people their, their space and not to make it feel awkward, but maybe you're here today and maybe you're asking that question, why was I born? Why am I on this earth? I don't know where to go. I don't know what, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what direction to go. It, it first starts with having a relationship with Jesus. Jesus was, was in heaven with his Father God and he knew he had to come to earth to pay a price he didn't deserve. 
He had to pay for our sins, our mistakes, our failures. He came down to be a man and he felt pain, he felt sadness. He went through everything we went through. But he did it because he loved us, because he cares for us, because he knew we couldn't do it on our own. God made it easy for us to have grace over our lives. He died on the cross for, for you and for me, for, the, for just the opportunity for us to accept salvation and freedom for sin, not to have any way in our life anymore. To let us know that we were born for more, that we weren't born just to walk this earth and just accept living Monday through Sunday. But Jesus is calling you out for more, for bigger and better things. But you have to invite him inside. You have to accept him in your heart. You have to confess with your mouth that you're, you're broken, that you're messed up and you need help, you need a savior. This is the best decision you can make, is accepting Jesus into your life. If you're, if you're here today and, that, and that's you and you, you wanna accept Jesus, here for the first time, you wanna accept salvation. On the, count of three, on the count of three, I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand. When you raise your hand, you're just declaring, that, you're declaring with, your, with your mouth and your life that, hey, I, that's me, Phil, I, I, I wanna accept Jesus. I want to accept my plan and my purpose for my life. I don't want to keep walking anymore, living this normal life. I, I feel it. I know I'm called for more. If that's you on the count of three, you just raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. Amazing. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. I see you. Anybody else? Amazing. 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 Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hey, for those of you who raised your hand, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. This is the best decision you could ever make, and your life will never be the same. I guarantee it. Will it be easy? No, but you're going to have a God that is by you every step of the way. And I just want to lead you in a prayer, and it's a repeat-after-me prayer. In church, if you're family, you know how we do this, and it goes like this. Lord Jesus, I open my heart. I invite you inside. To be my friend. To be my friend. To be my savior. To be my savior. To be my God. To be my God. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Wash me clean. From this day forward. From this day forward. I want to walk in your purpose. I want to walk in your purpose. In your plans. In your plans. And all you have for me. And all you have for me. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. And I thank you. And I thank you. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give a round of applause for all those hands that made the best decision they can ever make? We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.